Welcome to the Healthy You Gatherings podcast. We are told in John 16, that we will have troubles, and Jesus confirms that by saying, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Healthy You Gatherings allows us to come together and explore complex and difficult topics. Find benefit in learning from the one who's overcome the world, who understands that a biblical perspective will help us find peace amidst life's everyday issues. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hug Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing depression. And depression is more than just being sad. Uh, It's actually one of the most common mental health issues that people face today. And I will be discussing the core factors, not just the symptoms of how to successfully navigate through depression. I do want to um, kind of come behind Doug for a moment and say uh, one of the things I appreciate about what he said was you know, that being anxious is a, is a normal response. It's a conditioned response. It is something that is in our system uh, for a reason. When it continues, as he said, without the thing that caused the initial anxiety, then you know, hey, maybe I need to talk through this with someone. Maybe I need to get some perspective. Um, you know, again, as, as we talk about some of these disciplines with our faith, Uh, going to the Lord, meditating on the things that his word says, you know, those are all, that's all part of the puzzle. Um, But let me encourage you, even after today, um, this is what I have found uh, in, I've been here for 14 years. I was a uh, teacher and a coach and an administrator for 14 years before here. Um, The power of just having someone to talk to about it. The other person doesn't have to fix it. The other person doesn't necessarily have to understand it all. But if what I have found as I have gotten older is, is there's a lot of um, healing that occurs when someone just says, you know what, I will sit with you. I will sit with you as you go through this, right? Um, and I think that's the, the, the same thing as we flip this coin over and as we start to talk about depression. Um, I'm not going to give you all of my story either, but when I was in college, uh, getting my undergrad, uh, was going through a kind of a hard time, went to uh, the doctor on campus, and I was um, diagnosed with something called dysthymia. Anyone ever heard of it? Okay, I could make it up and you wouldn't know. Um, it's, it's also in that book that Doug was talking about, the diagnostic manual, and dysthymia is a low-level depression. It never really peaks. Uh, you never really go super low, but you never really go super high. And so I had this thing where I just kind of went, eh, a lot, and I couldn't ever figure out what was going on. I was having a hard time, as Doug was talking about with the anxiety, I was having a hard time finding out what the cause of it was, okay? Um, And in retrospect, I probably should have talked to a counselor to get some help. They, They never diagnosed, never gave me medicine, I never did any of that route, although it was offered to me, I I just chose not to. And as I've gotten older and as my faith has increased, I think it has gone down. That's not to say that I don't ever have bad days. It doesn't mean that I'm always that I'm always up. Just ask my family over here to the left or ask several people who are in this audience who either work with me or volunteer with me. I'm not always up here. Okay? But one of the things that I think is very important is to just recognize that it's there. 
right? The more we try to say it's not there, the more it is there, right? So if I say, think about anything you want to think about except a purple elephant. Anything but a purple elephant. Just don't think about a purple elephant and you pass the test. How many of you can't, now you can't get the purple, I'm not talking about Barney, but you can't get the purple dinosaur or dragon or whatever out of your mind. And the more I say don't think about it, the more you think about it, right? So a lot of times when we're feeling something, we have this tendency to put walls up and block it out. And even as Doug said, we don't even let God come in. We, we kind of keep him out here because sometimes we blame him, right? Let's be honest. Sometimes we think it's his fault and we don't want to talk to him, but yet he's the source of our healing. And I will say this, that God is okay with us being upset with him and being angry with him. And we can go to him with those things. So if you are at a place where you're low, right? Um, what's the, the thing that everyone talks about with depression is we have a tendency to isolate, right? So that's why uh, I was going to make a small joke. That's why I put anxiety and depression together because if I just put depression, nobody would show up. That's why I did both because the people who are anxiety are really driven to kind of come get the answer and you guys can't tell the difference, right? <laughs> just kidding. Um, all right, so I'm going to go through uh, just a quick... Um, and it's, it's, it's going to get a little bit deep, but it's, I'm not going to go real wide. Because as I was praying about this and going, okay, you know, what do I want people to get from this? If, if I just went around the room and said, hey, anyone ever felt depressed? And let's talk about how that feels. You know, we're gonna, it's not going to feel good, right? Because then you're going to be like, well, we just talked about how we felt. And, and I don't feel any better. So understanding, I'm a big person on understanding, let's understand it a little bit and maybe take some practical steps to help ourselves. So if you look on your um, paper, you'll see this, this thing called dose. And I hope you can read that. It may not be big enough, but if it's not, I'll, I'll read the words. So the rest of my talk is going to be talking about getting your dose, D-O-S-E. And what is dose? Dose is these four drugs that can be produced in the brain naturally. And it's dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Okay? And um, I'll leave it up there for a minute so you can um, get the spelling right. Um, dopamine, uh, what this does is it enables you to be motivated, right? And that's one of the things that people who feel low have a hard time. And sometimes their dopamine is very low, and we're going to talk about how we can increase that. This also um, enables you to learn and to have pleasure. Now, that was the one thing I noticed when I was in college was my dopamine was low because I was having a hard time really feeling pleasure about anything. I was learning stuff, but I just didn't feel good about it. Now, as I look back at it 30 years later, I think part of the reason why it was low is because all of my friends had stayed back in Myrtle Beach and gone to Coastal Carolina, and I was the only person out of our group who went to, away to college. And then when I say University of South Carolina, people say, well, that's why you were depressed. Ha ha. <laughs> I, was, I went ahead and did it before you did it, you know. Um, but when dopamine is in your system, you feel motivated. You, you can find pleasure from things. You like learning. Oxytocin, sometimes, does anybody know what it's called? Another name for it? When does, when does oxytocin come into play? When you have a baby. Not the husbands, the wives, or the females. Um, this feeling of trust. Uh, there's, a, there's a flood into your system. 
which is why a lot of times uh, women, when they have, um, when they give birth, they feel this, just this rush, and then they crash. And so, for everybody, whether you've had a child or not, it's this feeling of being able to trust someone and relationships kind of developing. When you start to feel like a relationship is growing, then your oxytocin starts to grow or starts to be produced in the brain. Now, going back to what Doug said, uh, I would think that maybe he doesn't trust his wife anymore because she shut the door when the bear was there. So they got some oxytocin to work on, right? But if you grew up in a family where you didn't feel like you could trust, like he talked about, maybe you weren't allowed to talk about your feelings, then you're 35 years old and you're trying to connect with people, a spouse or friends, and you're just like, I just, I see this all the time. There's like, I just can't trust. Well, guess what? Some of the brain drugs aren't being produced because of some of your past experiences. Serotonin is just this idea of accepting yourself, right? It's be feeling comfortable. This was a uh, kind of a, a funny thing today. I was, those of you know, Josh Masters, he and I were talking, and a friend of ours, Flora, walked up, but she wasn't quite in the circle. You know how that is? You ever walk up to someone, like if these two were talking, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I, and so she's like, she just stood there, and I'm like, Flora? And she's like, I'm in this awkward place. I'm not a part of your conversation, and I don't know if I can come in. And we're like, yeah, come on in. And as soon as she stepped into the circle and we started talking, everybody was laughing. She's like, I don't know what that was. And I was thinking, I'm using that today because it's a perfect example. We may not necessarily have it all the time, but do you, don't raise your hand, do you ever get that feeling like you just, you don't really have a lot of confidence, you're not sure if you can get into that conversation or to that group. And so we kind of sit back here a little bit. We kind of watch it. And guess what? If we stay out here, then we will never get that feeling of serotonin. And as someone told me this week, well, what if I get rejected? And I said, well, you won't get rejected by everybody. But what if I do? And I was like, well, he'll never reject you. And I will never reject you. So we're trying to establish, and you can see how all these kind of work together, okay? But some of these may be speaking to you more than others, okay? So pay attention to that. If you think, you know, one of those, and when we get more into it, it'll, it'll make a little more sense. And then the ador- endorphins, anyone here like a runner? Like on purpose, okay? <laughs> you ever get a runner's high? Okay. So everyone else is like, no, ever, right? Um, but the runner's high is this, and it is. It's endorphins get released in your body. You can mask pain, and you can continue to run, and it actually, you actually feel really good, you know? Um, I never got, when I used to run, I used to run more until I got arthritis in my knee. Um, I never got endorphins. Um, and I'd hear about it, and I'd be like, this is like a myth, you know, like the Loch Ness Monster or something. Because I'd have people all around me going, oh, yeah, I get it all the time. I'm like, you're lying. You do not... But they were thin, and they were running, and they seemed to do it all the time. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm missing it, right? But it can happen, but it's brief. It's not, you're not designed to have endorphins all the time, right? Because you could really hurt your body uh, because it's masking some pain in the moment, okay? So you're getting your dose. If, if you are getting um, consistent high levels of dopamine and oxytocin and serotonin and endorphins, then you will feel a lot better, okay? So how do, uh, what's another way to describe it? So dopamine is this I got it feeling, right? When you learn something, right? 
you, you learned, um, you passed a test in school. Um, you learned a new skill. You got the job. Whatever it is, you could probably talk about it at your, um, at your table, but you, you get it. You, you accomplish something. It could be the actual degree that you get, right, or a certification, uh, or you finish building something, right? And so this I got it feeling because you set a goal releases dopamine. Here's the danger of dopamine is you can get the I got it feeling by robbing banks or getting over on somebody, right? Uh, Abusing somebody else, right? Taking advantage of somebody, doing drugs, looking at pornography, right? Cheating on your spouse. It could be all kinds of stuff. So here's the problem with dopamine is it depends on it can be a good hit or a bad hit to your body and to your soul and to your mind. But you got to realize that you're like, I don't understand why that person keeps doing self-destructive behavior. It's because they're getting something from it. They have to understand why am I doing this? What am I getting from this? Right? So True story, many years ago, when I first came to Brookwood, I was the um, singles director. And um, I noticed this one guy that had been in our group was kind of edging away from me every time I'd walk in the room or whatever. And so finally I said, man, is there something the matter? And he's like, well, not really. And I was like, no, seriously, like, you know, I'm a counselor, I could help you. And he goes, but you're the problem. And I'm like, not the problem? What? What did I do? And he's like, well, you remember when we were at, and I didn't. And I was like, mm, there's my first strike. I didn't remember. And ultimately what he said was, I made him the butt of a joke. And at the time, I was like, get over it. I'll be honest. I was like, get over it. It was a joke. And it was almost like God said, stop talking. Like, I think my lips were like stuck. And I listened and I watched this guy. And I had made fun of him in front of his peers. I mean, we were adults, but still, I made fun of him. And I just said, man, I'm sorry. And he said, well, you know, I appreciate that, but probably not coming back, you know. And he did. He, he kind of backed away. And what it showed me was that I would get dopamine by being sarcastic and making fun of people and then going, I'm just kidding. And what do we mostly do? We mostly go, oh, yeah, I can tell. But I was, I was flicking him with these little cuts, and he bled to death in front of me, you know, metaphorically, not really. But I got something from it. What did I get? Everyone laughed. Everyone thought it was funny, but here was this guy who didn't think it was funny, and then God showed me, right? My family can tell you I work on it. I'm not perfect. I have a tendency to clear my throat after I say a funny joke and grab my phone. I'm working on that. That's why I don't have my phone on me. But they now, if I say something and I'm trying to be funny and I'm not, they both go, and I'm like, okay. Now they're getting a dopamine hit by making fun of me. All right. So pay attention to that. Pay attention. That's why when we teach our children to not get into bad habits, because we got to be careful because they're looking for that dopamine hit. And I saw this on my daughter's water bottle. She's got a sticker that says, looking for the dopamine hit. And I was like, oh, I'm using that tomorrow too. This is great. All right. So oxytocin, here's another way. It's called the cuddle hormone, okay? Or the love hormone because it plays a role in bonding. Yes, a mother to a child. However, it goes back to this idea of trust, right? It's not so much sex as much as it is this feeling of safety or comfort, right? It is physical touch with a lot of folks, but it's also this feeling of, I feel calm around this person. I feel safe. 
And I've asked this question in counseling before and gotten a, a no one answer. Where have you ever felt safe? And I've had people say, I've never felt safe. Can you see where anxiety could come into play? And you could see where depression would come into play, right? So this idea of where do I feel safety? Where do I feel comfort? And as Doug said earlier, we're trying to establish that with God. We have to have experiences with God. We can't just have a theoretical approach to that. We have to have moments and experiences with God where we feel safe with him, where we get that experience. And it could come through another person because, you know, if you're a believer, you are an ambassador. So it could come through a counselor or a friend or a spouse, parents, kids. It come through anyone. But this idea of, okay, when I'm feeling safe, right? Because think about it. If you feel safety, then you're probably willing to take risks and learn something new, right? So my father-in-law is over here. True story. First time we met, I had a belt on and it broke. Not a good first impression, but we still got married, so there you go. Um, and he said, why don't you come back to the woodshed with me? <laughs> I just met this guy. What did I do wrong? But what he did was he took my belt, and he took a drill, and he drilled a hole in the belt so that I could wear my belt, okay? Now, he, didn't, he wasn't sarcastic with me. He didn't make fun of me. He didn't make me feel fo- stupid because I made a mistake. He helped fix it. But the joke is that the first time I met him, he took me, me behind the woodshed. All right. Serotonin. Again, this, this idea of, when I say social power, I don't mean that you're trying to intimidate someone, but you kind of are finding your place. You find your people, right? You find your tribe. You find that group that you feel comfortable around, okay? Network would be a good, another good way to say that. A lot of people... Uh, don't get serotonin because they isolate. Now, which came first? Did they isolate first or did they not find a peer group, right? It's which came first, chicken or the egg. But here's the thing. If you isolate and you don't have a peer group or a tribe, I guarantee you that you're headed towards some sort of depression because that's how we were made. We were made to be in community. We were made to be with each other right? And we have an example. God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit sets the example for that. So when you start looking, and or if you're working with people in your life, the reason why we ask, well, tell me about how you grew up and about your family is not just because we're nosy. We're trying to help you get a picture as well, too, of, hey, did you have siblings? Did you have friends? Did you have connections? Or did you have none, right? Again, going back to this idea of trust, and feeling safety, guess what? If I don't feel safe or comfortable, I'm probably going to have a hard time putting myself out there and being vulnerable and getting into a connection with somebody else, right? And so therefore, my serotonin levels can go, can go low, and then I feel kind of a blah. Now again, I'm 50, what am I, 52? I can't remember. Is it, we're in 20, yeah, see? That's a sign. Yeah, I'm 52. So 30 years later, I realized my serotonin levels were probably pretty low in college because I didn't really have a group. My first two years, I mean, I had friends, but I didn't have a group. Now, my third year, I started to find that group, and I think that's when some of that dysthymia went away. And then again, the endorphins, um, that euphoria, that masks physical pain, you can get addicted to endorphins. You can become addicted, and that's all you're doing. You're looking for the next high, 
um, and you could be damaging your body. You know, sometimes people get that when they go on severe weight loss, right? But what's good about this is this definitely gives you a boost when, you, when the endorphins kick in. Now, the thing about all four of these doses that we're talking about, yes, they have made drugs that will help with these things. Because people ask me all the time, well, as a pastor, I'm also a counselor. I have my professional license. They say, what's your, uh, what's your philosophy or stance on medication? That's a hugely loaded question because it's different for each person. Here's what I say about this, and I've said this to many people. I personally don't see anything wrong with medicine as long as you are taking other steps. The medicine itself is not going to fix it. It just won't long term. You, you won't feel as, you'll feel better, but you won't be getting to the root of it, right? You got to get, we got to get to the root of things. So what can we do to get our dose? Ah, let me back up one more. Uh, when you have dopamine deficiency, here are some of the things you'll notice, uh, which they all make sense. And some of these are going to be very similar for all four. And by the way, I can send you this so you don't have to write notes the whole time. I'm watching everybody struggle. I've seen people take pictures. I'm like, hold on. I will send you the, the whole presentation, okay? So you don't have to worry about it. Yes. Does that make you feel better? Those of you that are anxious, do you feel better? Yeah? Okay. But you see a lot of lack of stuff. Lack of energy, lack of focus, uh, no self-esteem because the dopamine is what helps with that, right? Same thing with oxytocin, this idea of feeling stressed. Again, this feeling of being disconnected. Remember, there's no trust. I don't feel like I can trust anybody, so I feel like I'm kind of alone. Uh, you know, and how many times have you heard this? You can, um, you can feel lonely and be in a group of 100 people, Right? Uh, but you can also feel very loved and it just be you and God, okay? But you notice, again, lack of motivation. Um, the serotonin, again, this idea of the, the low self-esteem, uh, maybe some social phobias, um, you know, like I don't want to be in groups of people. Now, uh, this is where my wife and I are very similar. We don't like a lot of crowds. Uh, it doesn't mean we're against crowds, but we would rather go, like we went to the Greek festival we may go this weekend. It's great food. Man, oh, I can still feel it. Um, but we go early because we don't really like crowds, you know. And if, if you say we have a social phobia, so what? Uh, we're around some people, but we don't like to be where we're like this, right? Um, but you may get to it. And again, there's a difference between um, kind of averse to it versus a phobia. If you have a phobia, like you're not leaving your house kind of thing, Right? Um, also, obsessive compulsive disorders can come from a, a lack of serotonin uh, because what you find is that you're trying to make everything perfect, that somehow in that way you will be, um, you'll be accepted by everybody. You also saw some insomnia there with the endorphins. Uh, some impulsive behavior can result from this because you're always trying to get the high, so you'll do whatever it takes to get the high. Um, I was talking to a coach one time, and he said, you know, uh, track your, if, if you're a runner or if you're an athlete and you're noticing the endorphins, he says, you know, just track when it happens, see if you're on a, um, uh, on a pace to get it, but don't go chasing it. And I said, well, that's a good way to look at it. But if you have a deficiency and you've had it, you may go looking for it. And that could put your body at risk because you're overtaxing yourself. 
All right, so how do I get my dopamine levels to go up naturally? Doug talked about it with anxiety as well, uh, is learning how to meditate. And again, you will not do it very well at first, but that's part of the growth process. So give yourself a break. Uh, I also have a book that I can uh, reference you to if you're interested. Making a to-do list and marking it off. That is hugely important uh, for folks who need dopamine because seeing yourself mark it off feels good, right? There was a book many years ago called um, Eat the Frog by Brian Tracy. And that's the only reason I remember the book was because of the name. But he said, what we usually do is we usually make a list of 10 things and we put the hardest thing at the top and we start at the bottom and do all the easy stuff. And we never get to the big one. Anybody else like that? Okay. Thank you, Alicia. Got some transparency back there. Um, He says, flip it. Do the hardest thing first because he says you're using a lot of mental energy knowing that the big thing's right there. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I'm not going to do it, but that was pretty good. I mean, it makes sense. But just this idea of crossing it off, right? Anybody remember the old Harvard study from years ago where they tracked people from like the class of 1952 and they found that the most successful people, 97% of them, had goals. They didn't always meet their goals, but the fact that they set one and they moved forward versus never setting a goal. Because some people are like, well, I don't want to set a goal because what if I don't meet it? Well, you will definitely not get there if you're not even setting one. So, something to consider, and this is why it's important to be in community, because you can be around people who are going, man, I'm proud of you for setting a goal. I'm proud of you for trying. That's a growth mindset versus a static mindset. Static mindset says I got to be perfect. Uh, Eating some of these foods, uh, like uh, avocados, fish, bananas, pumpkin seeds, all those kinds of things will naturally give you some of, of the dopamine, as well as exercising regularly, and then create something, Right? Just have fun with something, not necessarily something that goes in an art gallery, but just try something new, right? Try to write or make your own music or puns. That's my thing. I just like to do puns. I'll give you one if you want one. (laughs) All right. How do you increase your oxytocin? This is, again, uh, touch, physical touch, hugging, Cuddling, making eye contact, even shaking hands makes a difference. Just the touch of somebody else. Now, again, make sure that both people are in agreement, that kind of stuff, right? Uh, if you have pets, okay, uh, just be careful you don't come the crazy cat lady, okay? Um, or the crazy dog lady. Um, but yeah, even your pets. I mean, our, we have three cats, and they, two of them are very, very loving. One of them, she only really is loving towards my wife. But, um, you know, that's touch, the idea that the cats like it too. I found this out the other day. I forgot who told me, but when a cat lays its, I'm a cat person. Uh, when the cat lays its head on your chest, it's trying to heal you. And I'm like, man, my cat's all over me. What is wrong with me? Um, Getting a massage, uh, going to a chiropractor, acupuncture. Anyone done acupuncture? Love acupuncture. Uh, first person I went to, her name was Joan. She's down the block here. She said, if this doesn't work in the first couple times, it's probably not for you. No joke. She was waking me up the first time. She's like, you were snoring. 
And I was like, that was the best feeling I've ever had in my life. Can we do it again? She's like, come back next week. And did it for many, many years. It was very helpful. Now it's a massage because uh, the massage, massage therapist that my wife and I go to is phenomenal. Um, and then listening to music. You can find music. You can Google it on Spotify or on Apple Music that talks about oxytocin. And I don't understand all the brain stuff, but it helps you get into feeling good. Okay? Or it could be music that reminds you of good things. That's why I'm stuck in the 80s because I love 80s music. And so every time I listen to 80s music, I feel better. All right, serotonin. Again, we're talking about exercise. The cold shoulder is the shock value. You don't have to stay in there forever, but even a three to five minute cold shower can get you, you know, that's why you throw cold water on your face kind of thing. Um, Get out in the sun, right? Get that vitamin D, which comes naturally. Eating some of those same foods that we talked about. Look at the probiotics and again, getting your um, massage, which the other piece of that. Uh, massage increases serotonin, it decreases cortisol. And cortisol is the stress that sits in your stomach and makes it expand. Um, So that makes it better. And then endorphins, laughing. Uh, You know, we've all laughed a little bit in here. And crying, it's good to get that out as well. Dark chocolate, yay. Spicy foods, yay. Okay. Exercise, and if you're not a big exercise person, even stretching, you know, yoga, that kind of stuff. Um... If you are an athlete and you want to do the high interval stuff, go for it. I'll be cheering you on from the side. Um, Getting a massage, meditate. You're hearing the same kinds of stuff, okay? So that makes you you feel good. You don't necessarily have to change everything in your life to be able to see an increase, okay? Now here's the work as well. Start realizing that your thoughts will precede what you are feeling or the emotion. Most of the time, we don't notice it until we have the feeling. You go, oh, I just feel awful. Okay? Now, it could be something you ate, in all seriousness. But if you learn to go, okay, but what was I thinking about before I had the feeling? You will start getting closer to the root of what's causing some of of your issues, especially with depression. Um, They're both equally important. You don't say, well, I'm just not going to feel anymore. No. That is going to help you understand what's happening. So the thought could be, no one's really, no one really likes me. And the feeling that comes with that is despair. But you only notice the despair. And then here's what a lot of people do. Well, I don't want to feel this way. So I'm going to do something to not feel this way. So what am I going to do? Well, maybe I'm going to drink. Maybe I'm going to Uh, do something promiscuous. Maybe I'm going to go spend money. I'm going to do something and this goes away. And you get a little bit of a, mm, you get a little bump in the dopamine and the serotonin. You're just like, yay, this feels good. But the issue back here, which was no one really likes me, is still there. And now you have a $200 bill because you went to the store or you went to the grocery store and you bought you know, a dozen donuts and you ate them all or you ate the whole thing of ice cream, right? could be anything. Um, so you want to pay attention to both. And again, here's your self-quiz. Doug's already done this. What am I feeling and why am I feeling that way? And then admit it, right? That's some of the hardest part uh, of healing is to just admit, 
I'm mad at you. I'm upset with you. God, I, I'm, I don't understand this, right? Admit that you're not perfect. Admit that you have these, these issues. You know, one of the things that my wife and I do uh, when we're having unfruitful discussions, because we never argue, right, honey? Yes, we have, we have unfruitful discussions. What I started to adopt a few years ago was when we would get to the end and we would kind of be at a good place, I'd always say, I'd always be thinking, how do we avoid this, right? I'd write a book if I could figure it out. And I would say, hey, what could I have done differently? And that's a humble posture because what I'm saying to her is I'm willing to learn. And I'm not saying it's your fault. And I'm not saying it's all my fault. But I am asking you, what could I do differently? And we have found some things that help us. But you have to be able to admit that you're feeling a certain way. Hey, I'm upset with you. I'm mad. But, you know. And sometimes people don't want to rock the boat. But the problem is, is the boat is is decaying underneath. And you're going, I don't want to rock the boat as you're going underwater, right? You might as well rock it before it sinks. Go to God for his truth. I don't assume that I know everything. I don't assume that I have the right answer. It, it may feel true to me, but it doesn't mean it is true. So God, what, you know, sometimes it's evident in his word, but other times God speaks to us. God gives us wisdom. We ask for James uh, 1.5, ask for wisdom, and it says he'll give it. So we ask him for his wisdom. Share with somebody else with, for their prayers and their perspectives. It's amazing what happens when you tell the story to someone who's not heard it before and they go, huh, this is what got my attention. So if I went to everyone at this table and I told you the same story, I might get six different perspectives on what that meant, right? One of my favorite movies, it's not, it's not a good movie, but it was, it was fun to watch, was this movie called Bandage Point. Anybody seen it? I say one, okay, a few people. What was interesting about the movie, I forgot who was in it. See, that's how bad it was. But there was a shooting in a um, crowded like area, like a coliseum. And they started off from one guy's perspective. And then they showed it through like six different people's perspective before you get to the end. And it was just really neat because it was six completely different stories. But it looked like the same story at the beginning. So you want to get that perspective. And then... Again, you take a chance when you ask somebody, but go, hey, can I get your, pers- what's your perspective? Can I be open to hearing somebody else's perspective or suggestions? And then here are some scriptures that will help you as well. Philippians says to fix our thoughts on what is true and to think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That's hard when you feel low. Which is why having other people around you could be very helpful to say, hey, what do you think are some good qualities about me? But also in my time with God to be, find some gratitude. Find some things that you can say, God, thank you that I'm still here. Thank you that I do have something. Thank you that I have this class. Thank you that I have this church. Thank you that I have uh, the people that I know, right? It says that a joyful heart is good medicine, but crushed spirit dries up the bones. So joyful is a fruit of the spirit. Asking God, say, God, will you grow joy in me? Because if my heart is joyful, it says it's good medicine, right? We just got through talking about medicine. I need, I need good medicine. Again, Colossians says to set your mind on things above, not things on earth. And the reason why I put that one in there is to encourage you if you are feeling low, um, you have the mind of Christ. If you're born again, you have the mind of Christ. So you have the ability to set your mind. It doesn't feel that way, but I will tell you that you do. 
It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean it works right away. But you start in that. And that's why, again, having people around you, having community is important. Because if you tell someone, look, I'm trying to set my mind on the things above. Will you be in prayer with me? Will you help me? I mean, seriously, raise your hand if you've ever asked someone to pray for you and you really felt like they prayed for you, like you felt it. Look at at all the hands, right? (laughs) How many of you asked and you know they didn't pray for you? I'm just kidding. All right. And then on this other piece, Psalms uh, 145, it says, I'm going to meditate on God, on his works, on nature, right? So try this. A 15-minute walk outside gets you vitamin D. If you go with a friend, now you have community, and you can talk about how great God is. You hit three of the four right there, and it just takes 15 minutes. So I want you to partner up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Okay, so if you look at your, um, uh, the other two questions there, um, you'll see two more questions that are dealing with what I talked about. And then you see another question at the bottom, which is, how can we pray for you? And on your table... I believe, excuse me, um, you'll see these cards. And uh, on the one side, it has prayer requests. And then it says, what is a topic that you would be interested in for future presentations? And then how can Brookwood be in prayer for you? Um, uh, you can do that as a, as a group. If you feel like you want to do this on your own and you want it to stay private, you can certainly do that as well. Uh, you're also going to get um, a survey that will talk about um, uh, asking you for your ideas on future topics and that kind of stuff. I'm going to come back and close us, but I just wanted to draw that to your attention. Um, so go ahead with your group. If you'll answer questions three and four, and then if you get into the, to the prayer time, that'd be great. Uh, I will close at 3.30, but you can stay here and continue if your table is discussing. And, uh, and I'll talk about a few other things that are going to be available to you. So there we go. Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless.